Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We need cheese. We need you to touch. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast. Your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight. Uh, that's our podcast sponsor, uh, get your $5 free play, especially right now with PGA, NBA Finals, uh, Golden State versus Boston, more or less is the platform. $5 free play on us. You can make up to $15 if you get anything right on the more or less platform. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, episode 429. We're going to be chatting with Coach Brian Wiggins of the Houston Energy. We're also going to dive into Coach Chris Garza and the Nevada Storm. Uh, in terms of the WFA picture of the playoffs, one a winning coach, one coach ousted from the playoffs. And then we're going to talk to the talented Ashley uh, McConaughey of the KC quarterback that uh, walked out on the X-League opener there. So we're going to talk to her about that whole situation that happened in X-League as the blitz and the makeshift force Atlanta Empire situation happened this weekend in X-League's debut 2022. So we'll talk to her in about an hour. And then we're going to dive into everything that's happening in the playoffs, the WNFC, WFA, uh, with Mark Simone, the backseat coach, uh, after the interview with uh, Ashley. And then we're going to also break down some of the things that are happening in terms of the upcoming weekend. The conference finals are set for the WNFC. It is Utah versus came out of the Atlantic and Pacific Conference, uh, an impressive outing by the Utah Falcons. Uh, ousting two undefeated teams along the way this past weekend in, on Thursday and also on Saturday. So taking care of business, uh, Utah Falcons just, uh, they do what they do, and apparently the teams that came up to, against them did not uh, fare well against the triple option all season. And when it came to be, they played their game, control ball, and uh, Sarah uh, Gallica there and company, including our Holly Custis. So shout out to our Holly Custis who uh, made an awesome play uh, interception there to cap off that win for Utah. Uh, and she goes on to the championship. So we're really, really proud of her and her outing and her teammates as well. Uh, so we get uh, the battle of the rematch, the rematch of the inaugural nine cup championship. that's going to happen in Frisco for the WNFC. The Falcons looking to be a David versus Goliath matchup. If Utah upsets Texas in Texas, this would be a historical uh, thing for the WNFC in its infancy right now, and that would be that Utah, a 3-3 fourth seed, would have to defeat, if they win in Texas against the Spartans, it would be three undefeated teams beaten 
that is a huge storyline for the WNFC in itself, whether Texas falls or not. If they fall, this is a historic one-time event that's going to be in the history books for the WNFC. And if you are the WNFC um, in terms of your coverage, that would be an epic finish. That would be a storyline for a season. And, um, you know, that would be huge for Vire Sports, huge for the WNFC in itself. Uh, we know Texas, what they're all about. They know what Utah's all about. This is a key matchup. Uh, Odessa Jenkins against Rick Rasmussen. Both know each other very well. Uh, and this is going to be a huge, huge uh, thing that's going to happen. And you got Bushman against Sarah Gallicutt. Uh Sarah's first season under center here, and uh, she takes the Utah Falcons to the nine cup final. So it says a lot about her, her growth throughout the season uh, and putting this team together for success. Uh, also, uh, Brittany Bushman did what she does normally in the playoffs. They ousted Atlanta. Atlanta thought they were coming in here to take care of business against Texas, and they were no match for the champs. Uh, the champs took care of business as usual. They took care of business also against KC. No surprises there. If you were here at on, in 428, we talked about it with Mark Simone. Texas does what Texas does. Atlanta really needed to come in, really fine-tuned for four quarters. They did not. And so, ultimately, Texas gets to the nine cup. So, we have Utah versus Texas in the nine cup. Uh, the matchups in the WFA were really interesting as well. Boston takes care of business against D.C. Like I said, we're going to talk about it in the second hour. But just, just to break down the weekend in terms of what happened in both uh, leagues in the U.S., uh, Boston moves on. We already knew that that was going to happen. They are very, very stout defense. The, offensively, they're led by one of the most historic quarterbacks in the WFA. And, um, and, so, and then you got the, the international backfield with Kusinen and Mata. So uh, too much for the D.C. Divas. Uh, and that's what it boiled down to, even with Congaldi and company trying to make some sort of effort there. So they did put up a fight, 69-32. Uh, the stream is on a Revere for the fans a network. Also, you can watch it there at the Hub. That is the place to be. The best network on the planet, as I said before, and I keep saying it every week, exists at the Hub. It, is, it was built bringing attention to women's tackle football and specifically worldwide. So if you are not at the Hub Weekly, check it out every day, daily updates, weekly updates. Uh, everything that was happening this weekend was at the Hub. So check it out, Boston live stream Revere TV for the fans. Y'all, Pittsburgh, 27 to 21, also on for the fans, and I was on, I believe, on YouTube. Uh, 27-21, an overtime victory. And what do you say about George and company and Pittsburgh? They are awesome. Uh, this is a return of the Pittsburgh passion to the WFA picture in terms of pro after an absence, and they do what they do best. And this year they have surprised a lot of people. Uh, they're very talented on offense, and this is the matchup that we're going to get against Boston-Pittsburgh, a rematch that was happening in the regular season. Uh, can Pittsburgh maintain and, and take care and try to uh, stop down the juggernaut that is the uh, WFA champion, Boston Renegades? Uh, Callie War uh, takes, uh, took down uh, the Impact. Impact uh, did not come to play their best ball this time around, but Wiggins-Robinson did. And so the Cali War earned their hard-earned-fought victory on the road. Uh, you can get the whole game right there, courtesy of Semi-Pro Live. 
semi-pro live right there at the hub as well. There's the link, and you can get it right there, and you watch it all over. 30-25, uh, the impact come up short. Cali will go to Minnesota after Minnesota took down the storm, 27-10. to 10. After a really hard battle, Minnesota and the storm half, uh, at, at first half, really, uh, really tight ball game. Then uh, a couple mistakes on the other side uh, with Nevada and a couple quick scores, quick, uh, quick scores by Minnesota uh, sort of separated them. And then the final score, 27-10. You get it right there on Town Square TV. So the whole game there. So if you're a WFA Pro fan, we have you covered at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Carolina Beauties. You can get the replays right there, everything that was happening this weekend in the pro division right there. And then WFA2 Derby uh, rises to the occasion. We thought they might, uh, given their season, hasn't been a stellar season, but they rise to the occasion. They take down and rock these Tri-State Warriors, who should have never been in the playoffs. It should have been the New York Wolves. This probably would have been a, di- a different, interesting outcome. But Tri-State, obviously, uh, was the filler. And this is what it, uh, the outcome was, 59-0. Derby does take care of business. Uh, Baltimore, uh, tough battles with Columbus all season and a tough schedule, uh, including the New York Wolves battles in the, in the season. So battle-tested Baltimore edges Columbus chaos 45-24. Uh, they move on to the, to the next round, and they will face the Derby City Dynamite, who uh, would like to return uh, to a playoff state after uh, being in D3 last year. Um, so this is a great, uh, great thing for them. So we got that East Coast battle, Derby, Baltimore, Mile High edges Austin. There was an opportunity there for Austin to kind of pull an upset here, but um, uh, Smooth Larry Jones and company they take care of business, 16 to zero, and so uh, the Maha Blaze advance to the next round. And then uh, we're going to be talking to the talented coach Brian Wiggins here as his Houston Energy took care of business and took care of business really well. 30-7, to downing the Nebraska uh, Valkyries. Our own Mac uh, did not advance, of course. So we're going to talk to Coach Brian uh, Wiggins here in a couple minutes about that victory there and what we will expect for, I believe, this is the third go-around versus Mile High Blaze. Uh, they know themselves very well. Um, this will be one step closer to the, you know, one step closer to the final to arrive, obviously, in Canton. It is one step to Canton. And both teams are eager, obviously, to get to that level. Mahai has worked so hard for the last three years. Uh, Houston has always been very consistent, as we talked to Coach Wiggins prior. And so uh, the energy really ready to maybe take that next leap and jump and uh, arrive in Canton to defend the uh, west side of the WFA2. In WFA D3, Carolina 33-29 against Music City. Uh, They get the edge there. Uh, Carolina has been impressive this season in D3. Uh, it wasn't so good the last two seasons, but they've somewhat improved now. They do defeat Music City. Another crushing blow for Music City. They usually uh, try to be at this at this point, and they just cannot get over the hump. So, uh, you know, uh, just a tough loss for Music City. Capital City, we talked about it last week. Whether the Firehawks were really battle-tested, and it looks out like this was one of those battle-tested uh, matchups, and they come up short, 14-0. to zero. Capital City, uh, very impressive so far in D3 all season, and they look to advance, of course, and they're going to be taking on Carolina on that side of the coast. So two, two really good teams that we look forward to in this, uh, up in round two in the D3 realm. Then we got OKC, which you can watch the game. OKC, 33-6, to six, not a problem against Iowa. 
Watch it on uh, Pardon My French Media live stream right there. The whole game, 33-6, D3 action. Uh, Oklahoma City Lady Force, really impressive. They're taking. They're going to take on last year's runner-up, the Arizona Outcasts. 40-8, they take care of Capital Pioneers. That's for sure. Capital would be putting up a better fight. I did pick them to win last week, and they just did not come through. Uh, and so Arizona will face OKC. We'll be diving into all these matchups with the backseat coach in about an hour and 15 minutes from now, and we'll break down everything that's happening here. We'll go into round two predictions. We're also going to dive into the WNFC uh, conference finals and also the uh, semifinals and finals and kind of get uh, Mark's perspective into where we're going. Uh, in the WWCFL, there's a couple matchups there. Uh, Manitoba did win 20-13 to 13 against Regina, which was literally an upset, but Manitoba has been so impressive this year coming off the blocks in the WWCFL season. Uh, hats off to them. And now they're going to be taking on the Calgary Rage, which also has been impressive this year. Shout out to our uh, Nojo football athlete, Lisa Gomes. And so this is a good battle here. Um, Manitoba, a very impressive team. Uh, most of their players have come from the Manitoba Girls Football Association, the only organization in the world before the Utah Girls Football League that had was a breeding ground. They've created this uh, environment where now it's a feeder system to Manitoba, and the feeders have taken advantage of that. And a lot of talented players are co- uh, coming out of the uh, Manitoba Girls Football Association. And speaking of that, shout-out to the Eagles out there, the East Side Eagles, for winning the MGFA Championship 2022. Go to the uh, IG page on our on Instagram at Great Iron Beauties. You get, they're on our gallery. Check them out. They're in our stories. So shout-out to the girls out there for winning the championship. Great job for the East Side uh, Eagles uh, winning the Manitoba Girls Football League 2022 championship. So really awesome. And then Edmonton got a forfeit. Uh, Winnipeg uh, did not was not able to suit up every player. So uh, because of safety, uh, the forfeit was given to Saskatoon 30-0. to zero. And so there's the, there's the matchup. The cross semifinals will be Saskatoon against Edmonton Storm. This is going to be an interesting matchup uh, given uh, the, you know, the Edmonton Storms, uh, this is going to be a huge battle for them to see if they can even compete at that level with the Valkyries. So uh, the, the champs looking to repeat once again. This is the, uh, the standard of excellence in Canada. It is the Saskatoon Valkyries of the WWCFL, and they're looking to, once more to hoist that trophy. And uh, this is going to be a great, interesting battle. Depending on who, who comes out of the Manitoba-Calgary, not that uh, we're uh, shorthanding uh, – shorthanding right now um, the Storm, but whoever comes out of that, um, that matchup, okay, well, I'm assuming it would be Saskatoon. That's what, my, that's what I would assume at this point. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether Manitoba can edge Calgary or whether it's going to be Calgary coming up. Whoever comes out of that matchup understands really big time that this is a big battle for a championship-driven program that has been successful for many seasons since, since the beginning of the WWCFL. There has been only one other champion, I believe, and that's Regina, uh, Regina Riot, in that in that in that scope. Everything else has been Saskatoon Valkyries domination. So uh, Manitoba, surprise team of the year, can they overcome the rage? And that will be a storyline. The big Goliath taking on the little up and coming uh, Fearless. Uh, interesting to what's going to happen in Winnipeg as well over in Manitoba and um, in the WWCFL as, as well. So. Interesting uh, uh, situations happening in Canada. 
We're looking forward to the, set, the cross semifinals, of course, Saskatoon versus Edmonton, Manitoba versus Calgary as well. So let's go into the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle, and we're going to be talking right now to the coach of the Houston Energy, uh, the winning coach of the Houston Energy, who are moving on to the playoffs against Mile High in round two, and that's going to be Brian Wiggins of the Houston Energy. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Knife Fight right now, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NJF, NBA Playoffs, Curry, Brown, Celtics, Warriors, more or less. Figure it out. I lost my bet last night because I thought Curry was going to do three, three or more field goals, and unfortunately that did not happen. So I did lose my bet, but, hey, you get a $5 free play on us. If you do get the bet right, you get $15 on us as well. So check it out, more or less, Monkey Knife Fight. Use the code NJF. Let's bring in the uh, head coach of the winning Houston Energy of the WFA Round 1 D2, uh, uh, Coach Brian Wiggins. Hi, Coach. How's it going? Man, I'm doing awesome, brother. Yourself? Doing great. I hope you're celebrating somehow, a little alcohol after the game and all that good stuff. <laughs> That was that was Saturday, man. It's back to work today, so we uh we got a tall task in short, front of us in a in a, in a you, week and a half. Coach Brian, these short vacations are not helping your health. What'd you say? I said these short vacations are not helping your health. You got to take some vacations <laughs> with that alcohol, you know. I know, man. I know. If we if we go to Canton, I'll take a long vacation after that. <laughs> oh, that, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Coach, what did you think of the the playoff rounds here? Uh, obviously, you're keeping an eye on everybody else, but uh, you know Nebraska come in pretty um, pretty impressive season, first year in a pretty talented yep. quarterback yep. as well. Um, they put up a, a decent fight, and then all of a sudden you guys uh, somewhat run away with it. Uh, but uh, thirty to seven, kind of expected. We talked about how your team was able to kind of like you know rise to the occasion, and here we are. Uh, last year, you know, you had that tough loss against Nevada. In the in the in the final yeah. round, uh, so the, yep. the expectation yep. is obviously to to arrive to Canton, like we talked about in our last interview. Absolutely, um, Nebraska came down and they were actually a game opponent. They uh, they kind of surprised us a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, we kind of jumped out on them early, and then they uh, they were putting together uh, some good drives and um, blitzing a lot, and they they kind of they kind of stymied us for about a about a quarter till we kind of figured out what they were doing. And then we kind of screwed our head back on, but they were a game opponent. Uh, very grateful that they came down to, they didn't give up, man. And they were, they were a decent opponent. I was excited. Our girls played the way we played. We kind of came out a little, uh, a little, um, you know, we just, instead of some, sometimes your, your team plays, uh, plays down to the, the other team's level at, at sometimes. And, and that was kind of what the deal was. I don't know if they were overlooking them, but they we, we just had a bad first half, and we kind of got our act together in the second half, and we were able to kind of pull ahead a little bit and, and kind of work on some things for, you know, for our next game and all that kind of good stuff. But very, very grateful that we, we came came away with the win and, and super, super excited to get another shot at uh, Mile High. We, we, we played them twice, and both games have went down to the, the wire. And, uh, you know, we played them up there, and we lost on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. And then they came here, 
and beat us. Uh, we were beat. We were winning the whole game, and then they scored late in the fourth quarter and ended up beating us by four points. So um, they're they're obviously a game opponent as well. We're hoping to be able to put a a, a, a decent game plan together and, and, and put a respectable showing out in, in Denver in a couple of weeks. Now, Coach uh, Wiggins, uh, this is no, you're no stranger to them as they are to you. Uh, this is a great matchup if you're, you know, if, uh, if you're looking at it in terms of the final round, which is the next round, one more round to go to, mm-hmm. obviously, for the birth to Canton. Um, as you said, this is, a, this is a rivalry matchup for the most part. Uh, so you know it's going to take a, a lot to uh, – you know, to come down and lose this game, they obviously don't want to do that. Uh, Smooth Laura Jones, of course, is looking for this moment as well, just like you guys are. So it's a, it's a great matchup for, in terms of the two West Coast. Absolutely. Um, they've dominated, for the most part, the whole season. I think they lost one game, which was to Nevada, which is, is, is uh, <laughs> no slight to, to Denver because they lost to Nevada. They're, uh, Nevada's a nice team. We lost to Denver, and we lost to uh, the Impact, who lost to uh, the Cali Ward this this uh, this past weekend. So, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I I anticipate it coming down to the wire again. Um, it, it really messes my blood pressure up when we go to the end. Hopefully, we can secure a victory. <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't come down to the wire, but uh, hopefully, we can uh, be a couple touchdowns ahead in a perfect world. But I know as well as uh, Coach Samlin knows, it's probably not how it's going to end up, and it's going to be an awesome game. We're just working on right now to try to get our team there. We, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a catch twenty-two because you you want to book your flight early for flight, and but you really can't book it until you know what happens after you see the results. But the tickets kind of went up a couple hundred dollars from last week to this week, so we're uh, we're working on getting everybody a ticket and, and getting them situated. And so we'll put a respectable showing when we go to, go to Denver, man. I just want the whole team to be there um, to represent Houston in the, in the right fashion. Yeah. And it's, you know how it is. This inflation is killing everybody between gas and food prices and the airline <laughs> tickets is outrageous. You know what I mean? It's like, we're living in this, uh, what my neighbor would say, we're living in this hell hole right now that somebody created and Ab- nobody approved, nobody uh, asked us to approve it. <laughs> absolutely man absolutely you know what I mean? it's it was funny it was funny one of the girls was like hey coach we're we're gonna drive i'm like drive <laughs> i said you'll, you'll probably spend more money driving than you would if you just go ahead and fly <laughs> that's true i mean i got i got two vehicles and this past week i put 104 dollars in one and i put a hundred dollars in the other i was like wow this is getting crazy getting crazy but you know, yeah, it, is, no, it is what it is. It's extreme. And especially for, you know, uh, uh, to your level, like we always obviously get to the stage where this is, this is more of a, a more of an added expense than the regular season. I mean, you really want to compete, but then, you know, you got to like literally uh, be realistic about, you got to continue to fundraise throughout the season too, just in case you make the playoffs to have some sort of a, you know, back end funding. But it, I know it's tough. Absolutely. I know that we talk about it a lot and it's tough to do that. Um, so coach, Jones, do you do you have her number? You got an idea what she can she's going to bring in terms of the defensive <sighs> side of the thing? You know, you know, gosh, she's such a versatile athlete, man. She's um, mm-hmm. she plays quarterback, she plays receiver. I mean, she's she's just an athlete, man. And and pretty much wherever you put her, she's going to do good at, man. And 
we have to know where she's at on the field at all times, whether she's playing on the offensive side of the ball or she's playing on the defensive side of the ball, man. She's a, she's a special talent, and um, that's one player that we have to watch out for, not 99% of the time, but 100% of the time, and just pay attention to what she's doing. I mean, it seemed like last year, last year, um, I mean, not last year, this year when we played them, whenever they needed a pass, they threw to her. Whenever they needed a, a, a run, they gave it to her. So, yeah, she's a, she's all that and then some. So, yeah, we got to really, really pay attention to what she's doing and all that kind of stuff throughout the whole game. How how are we <clears throat> containing Kim? Uh, uh, Kim? Uh, Kim's really talented. Uh, she's been playing ball pretty well all season. So, between the two of them, you know, option quarterback, receiver combo. Yep. Uh, you also have, I think you yeah. also have Hockaday. You have Abel. Yeah, Garcia. Uh, there's a couple weapons there in terms of, you know, the balance game for them, I, and and that kind of creates a little bit of mismatchups, right? Man, they, they they're talented, man. They are freaking talented, and that's just how it is. I mean, we know who they are. They know who we are, um, and we got to come to play. If we don't come to play, we're going to get embarrassed, and we understand that. And uh, we got to come guns blazing from the opening kickoff, and you know. You can't contain them all. You know, you can kind of, you know, flip a coin and see who's the most dangerous. And on different scenarios, when they're in different, you know, different formations, you know, you got to pay attention to tendencies. When such and such lines up here, this is what typically happens. And, you know, but that that all comes with film study. So we, we definitely got to be students of the game. We got to watch the film. And as the coaching staff, and ironically, the whole coaching staff is at my house right now, um, we're breaking down film and we got to, you know, look for something that we can hang our hat on when they do this, this is what they're going to do. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, outworking, you know, outsmarting something, but, uh, they're a very talented team and we, we definitely got our work cut out for us and we got to, got to work overtime. We got regular jobs during the day and we got our, our, uh, <laughs> our, our football, our hobbies, uh, after, after work, man, but we're, we're burning the midnight oil trying to, uh, to get situated and, and have the correct game plan when we go up to Denver. Now, uh, Coach, uh, what is the game plan on the defensive side for you guys? I know you guys have pretty strong stout defense up front. You got Radford uh, from my notes that I was taking down this yep. week. Uh, yep. You also have, you know, you also have, uh, I think, uh, Duma as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a couple of mm-hmm. Glu- uh, mm-hmm. Glumac. So there's, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple of beasts on, on the defense that are able to penetrate and really uh, make a, you know, make, make some noise. Um, that I think is probably going to be the key for you guys. And on the other side, uh, you know, you've said it before, if you're on point, like you've, you guys have been, you know, against Arlington and against all these other teams during the season, uh, offensively you're able to put up some, some points. So is it going to be more of a defensive yeah. uh, stoppage against mile high than anything? I, I think so. I mean, um, I mean, when we played them a couple of years ago, we 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 put up I think thirty something points. Put up thirty something points as well. Um, this year when we played them, it was more of a defensive struggle. Um, we got some, we got an, an, an awesome defense, but it, when we played them the first time, it just came down to their players making plays in crucial situations. I think they their last drive when they scored, I think they made like two or three fourth down plays catches that kept the chains moving if we Mm -hmm. stop one of those it's you know it's our ball 
and uh, you know probably not enough time to uh, for them to drive down the field. But at the end of the day, their playmakers made some plays, and, and you know football. That's all you know. As much as we want to make make it out, football is just about making plays. When your number is called, you make the play. Whether it's a pass, whether it's a catch, whether it's a tackle, whether it's a run, whether it's a block, it boils down to making plays. And, and in, in all honesty, they made more plays than we did, and they came out with the victory. Unfortunately, and we have to somehow write a... that write that wrong. Go ahead. No, I said this was not a uh, you know like. A this was 18 to 14. Like you said, it was just, you know, one or two plays as you're stating here that, that, you know, kind of flowed the, the victory on one side or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, and, and the crazy thing is, is they kicked off to us. We ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. they, they stopped our, I mean, typically our offense will score, you know, 30, 40 points a game. I mean, we scored one touchdown on offense and uh, you know, lack of execution, um, different things we can point a finger, but at the end of the day, you have to give Denver credit because, you know, it's worked, you know, all the rest of the games of the season, but for whatever reason, it wasn't working against them at that point in time. Um, mm-hmm. So you definitely got to give them credit for the reason uh, why we couldn't seem to be clicking. Um, but, you know, that's what we watch film for. That's where we go back into the lab, you know, uh, watch our mistakes. Um, the good thing after we're watching film is everything is fixable. You know, everything is fixable. We just have to want to. At the end of the day, football is, you know, it comes to, it, it, it's basic blocking and tackling. And you just yeah. have to want to do it. And, uh, you know, I think, not I don't think I know, they wanted it a little more than we did. And it reflected in the score. I mean, we, get, we jumped ahead and kind of were just coasting, hoping that, you know, we we coast into a victory, and when it when it when the crunch time came, they they made the plays and and we did man and, and you know it's unfortunate but it is what it is we just got to write that wrong write that ship and uh, be ready to play next next go round. On offense, uh, your your line has to contain a couple a couple very you know good players. Priscilla Garcia has been. Well, uh, Lilani Kamal, one of the younger, talented players uh, in the last couple of seasons, kind of emerged into a really good, um, you know, defensive player. And then you got uh, Kyrie Phelps as well. So there's a couple good defensive uh, players on the other side uh, where the offense is going to have to really, like you said, step up their game and, and give yourself some time so you can – once you put up some points up there, I mean, what you guys have known to, to do, if offensively you guys get going, it, it's a different ball game. Right, right. Again, you know, they're talented. They're talented across the board. And, yeah, our players have to just make plays. I think a lot of times what I can take out out of our last game is we just played lazy. You know, we played lazy and, you know, our receivers were playing lazy. I mean, we played lazy and uh, they took advantage of us. They got a stout defense. They go man up across the board. And it's, it's our athletes against theirs. And they feel like their athletes are better. That's why they can go man, man across the board. So we have to be able to take advantage of that. And uh, we, we we can't play lazy. We can't keep our defense on the field. We can't we can't have a whole bunch of three and outs. That's what happened last time, um, which is a reflection on why our defense. You know, you give a you give an offense like Mile High that many opportunities, 
something's going to happen. Somebody's going to make a play. You know, yep. we were offensively, we were three and out, boom, punting, three and out, punting. Defense holds them, and then, you know, three three plays later, they're back on the field. So, uh, you give Smooth Lowry <laughs> multiple opportunities, you know, you already know what's going to happen. Gonna get she's a, she's gonna a hell get of an athlete. I mean, to your point, you're going to get burned at some point. Yeah. It's a matter of time yeah, when. Absolutely. Um, looking forward to this, this matchup in uh, – in in the next round, round two here, um, the, some of the keys I think are like I said uh, earlier. Some of the keys are going to be offensively how well you're able to contain so that your quarterback can really put it you know put up some some firepower. Because if you guys can yeah. somehow get that edge in terms of scoring and uh, put some points up on there, it's going to let it's going to put a lot more pressure on them to do that. And um, and they both have the same kind of. Uh, I guess I want my point is. It's literally a mirror image of each other in a, in a lot of ways, right? Uh, in, in terms of you guys' uh-huh, matchup, uh-huh. talent on both sides. Yeah. Uh, all your matchups have been close, so the, it's just like you said, it's going to be the one or two plays that you cannot hold back, and that's going to be the difference. You know, um, if it's a scoring bat, if it's if it's about scoring, and that's right down our wheelhouse. I mean, we can score fast and quick, and and that, that that would be I would love it to be a track meet, but you know they they're nasty they're nasty on defense man so they <laughs> they they get after they get after it pretty good um, so I don't think it's going to be a track meet and uh, sometimes our best defense is a is a is a, a good offense so we have to buckle down and we have to make plays and uh, I'm sure they they feel the same way they're they're getting ready we're getting ready and this is the this is the matchup that people probably want to see. Just like last year, we went to uh, Nevada. That was mm-hmm. that game was very competitive. I'm, we lost what fourteen to, to six, and I think you know that was Nevada didn't put up a. I mean, they're used to putting up a whole bunch more points than fourteen, and we we're definitely used to putting up more than six points. But it was a defensive struggle, and I one hundred percent think it's going to be the same way this week. I mean, next week when we play. Uh, mile high so we'll keep our fingers Coach, crossed and and uh and try to get our whole both, team there and we'll be good to go once we get our whole do you think both both uh sides here uh looking at the situation with you guys' teams uh early exits you know they got they got uh, edged uh by nevada they got edged you got edged by nevada now it's like there's no nevada right <laughs> so who's going to be the nevada to move on to you know canton uh, I think that's uh, what we're excited about. Well, we're, we're hoping it's going to be the Houston energy. Yep. <laughs> we're I hoping, know you're man. Hoping. We, uh, we, oh, absolutely, man. We won our, our last championship was in 2018. We're, we're due for another one. And, um, you know, but we have a stout opponent in a, a mile high blaze next week. And, you know, we'd be foolish to, uh, to take that for granted. This is going to be, this is going to be, just like the championship game, in my opinion, probably more competitive. Um, this is this is going to be a good game, and I, I, I you know, definitely t- would want people to, uh, you know, if you get an opportunity to to check it out, make sure you're watching it because it's gonna it's gonna be either a defensive struggle or an offensive shootout, and uh, so we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. All right, shout out to Austin <laughs> for giving Mile High a competitive ball game. Uh, sixteen to zero, they get they get they get out, right? Sixteen to zero, yeah. 
Uh, you said it, Coach, right yeah. there, right? It was it was eighteen fourteen uh, versus you guys. So Austin, yep. you know, shout yep. out to Austin for you know putting up that fight against uh, Mile High. Right? Everybody expected them to lay down. Oh, they're going to come in. Mile High is going to take care of business. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Austin yep. really played a really good defensive game, holding them down to sixteen points. Um, so you, you know, know, shout out to Mile High. Austin is actually Austin is actually a lot better than we people give them credit for. And they went sure. up there. They went up there and, and 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 put on a good show. And they lost, yeah. But I think people thought Austin was going to lose by twenty or thirty points. You know, yep. forty points maybe. But they they put on a good fight. Uh, and heck, it was zero zero at halftime. So mm-hmm. they were getting after it. And then uh, I'm not. I, I don't. I didn't. Haven't seen the film or anything like that. But um, I mean, obviously, Mile High scored two touchdowns in the second half. But Austin, from what I hear, was down in scoring distance, scoring range in the in the red zone a couple times, and just couldn't punch it in. Yeah, so, uh, that's why I'm giving him a shout yeah. out, Coach, because the uh, impressive uh, outing. You know, when everybody just thought you weren't going, like you say, you weren't going to be that, you know, that competitive, and so they did put up a Absolutely. fight on there, and uh, you know, so it just ran away Absolutely. from them a little bit there, like one or two plays, and there it is. There's a difference in scoring, but to hold Mile High to 16 points. That's it's pretty impressive by Austin to try to hold them down to 16 points. All right, uh, Coach, yep. I don't keep you. I guess yeah, you got film study. You got uh, what do you got? Guacamole and chips and everything else <laughs> that you're gonna, you guys are going to be dealing with out there. Fajitas. And, uh, some some and chips, some guacamole, and some fajitas. So <laughs> fajitas. So uh, um, down south, some some good Mexican food. So I'm gonna walk in here and, and grab me some and watch some film. Man, thanks again for having me on your podcast, man. I appreciate it. Keep up the great work, man. Yeah, Coach Brian, I will wish you well against Mile High. Um, like I said, a lot of uh, this is the matchup I think a lot of the fans in the WFA really wanted to see, and uh, we're looking forward to the clash. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming it will be all the energy going to Canton. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. We're going to figure it out. By hook or by crook, we'll all be there. We'll be representing. So, yeah. Don't, don't, uh, awesome. Okay. Don't, uh, don't close your eyes. It's going to be some fireworks. Perfect, perfect. That's what we need. Uh, a lot more, a lot, a lot more flames going. So, uh, Coach uh, Brian, thank you again for making the time. Uh, best of luck against Mile High Blaze. Uh, this is like I said, it's going to be a classic matchup. That's the reason I wanted to bring you in here to kind of break it down. And I think the WFA fans are going to be really excited for the round two class here on the West Coast. So, Houston, Mile High, and uh, Coach Wiggins here, looking forward to a victory and a trip to Canton. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you. Take care now. Oh, bye-bye. All right, guys. Coach Wiggins right there. Houston Energy, 30-7 uh, to 7 against Nebraska. Mahai uh, edges Austin 16-0. And as Coach said here, Austin Outlaws really put up a good fight against Mahai. Uh, just could not come up with the win or the upset. It would have been an upset there. So we got Houston, Mahai, and round two of the WFA playoffs. And so uh, really exciting. We're also going to get Baltimore against Derby. So really interesting there in that, in that aspect of it. We're going to go into the second Monkey Night 5 huddle. We're going to be talking to the talented coach of the Nevada Storm. That is Chris Garza in a second. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.
Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Five, $5 free play NBA playoffs right now, Celtics, Warriors, uh, more or less is the platform. Use our $5 free play. If you get anything right, you will get $15 on a $5 free play. So check it out, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NJF. Let's bring in championship coach, multi-time championship coach, Chris Garza of the Nevada Storm in the house as we're talking WFA playoffs right here. Coach Garza, how's it going tonight? Hey, thanks, Oscar, for having me. It's it's going great. It's a, it's a good night for me. Coach, uh, we all expected a, a big fight, and uh, it turned out to be a really good fight uh, for about uh, three and a half quarters, and then it sort of ran away. But uh, overall, Minnesota did play a, a better game, Barber and company, and uh, yourselves as well with uh, Plummer. Uh, but, uh, over, you know, overall, it was just a great matchup. Just you get edged there 27 to 10 uh, on the road. Um, what can you say about the game uh, overall? You know, uh, the game was going exactly like we, we'd planned for. Um, it, like you said, the first three and a half quarters, it, it was a great game. Um, hats off to Minnesota. They're, they're a good team. Um, you know, it, and we were, it was just back and forth, back and forth. It, it was just a great football game to be a part of and, and to watch. Um, so I can only imagine how excited their, their home team was when it started going their way in the third quarter. It, it was just a great football game. And um, we made a couple key mistakes, um, you know, on those crucial downs that we really, we really needed a, a push forward or any type of surge. Uh, we kind of stuttered on. So those are the things that, that we'll remember on the game. But that, that game just overall was just a great game. Yeah, it was a kind of impressive first quarter. You had Barbara with a touchdown, Plummer with a touchdown, um, you, you know, at the at the half, it was 7-7. So uh, we were watching it on Town Sports um, TV, so you guys can get it right there at the hub and get the replay once again. Um, so 7-7 at the half, Coach, going into the half. What was the kind of the, the, the feel for you and, and your team, and what was the message to your team at this point? You know, the message just was, you know, we got to keep going and uh, don't stop doing what we do and just play identity football and do what we do you know, play it like the storm does. Um, we went out there and, and started getting a little loose and uh, started airing the ball out just a little bit more, something that, you know, uh, we, we've started doing a lot better at the end of the season. So um, those were the, kind of the adjustments that we made, but it was just more of we just need to be united um, and play as one. Um, it, it was that mentality of just going out there and, and playing our best game uh, and living that moment. Uh, Coach, um, Ace Tyson gets that, uh, I believe, the interception. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, the interception, it was 13-7 at that point. So you're down uh, one score. Then it's uh, Jesse Haas with that running, that long stride running game, 20-10. to So now you're down literally 10 points. So, so what was the, the mindset there or the feel for it in terms of once you're down about 10 points here? You know, uh, we, we've been in that situation before, and uh, we do exactly like we, we usually do, and we just keep playing the game. We, we understand where we are in the game, but don't let that be the factor, um, especially with what we call as coaches and the way that we present ourselves in front of our players. Um, when, we're, when we're down, we, we've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page and just lift one another up and, and make sure we're there for one another. Um, combine ideas, talk about solutions instead of um, just, you know, yelling at players, you know, because that, that brings nothing. Team collectively just come together a little bit more cohesively when 
when we are in these situations together. And I, I think that's, we don't ever want to be in that situation, but we, we feed off of those, those types of situations. Coach, uh, uh, Chris, coming into the game, uh, Kelly, pretty talented quarterback, uh, pretty good high rating, uh, decent arm. Uh, what, 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 what was your scope before you came into this game uh, versus Kelly? You've seen her before. You saw it, obviously, with that big win and you guys had it home. But what, what was the game plan coming in uh, to try to contain uh, Aaron Kelly? You know, Aaron, Aaron is a is an absolutely um, great football player. She, she can throw the long ball like no other. Um, she's pretty smart and understands uh, defenses. So we had to make some adjustments uh, ourselves to make – you know, to get rid of that RPO game that they, they run really well. Um, make her throw some deep balls. We wanted to, to challenge her on the deep, the deep throw, and I think we came out on top on that. Um, we, really, we really capped off the top. And uh, I, I, the one thing we weren't really um, counting on was Jessie just running the ball as hard as she did. Um, she, was, she was doing great inside the tackles, um, and we, we just weren't doing so well in the second half on that run stop. Um, right up in the middle, in the, in the middle of the defense. By Haas, uh, did you anticipate that since they didn't have a Cooper? The Cooper was their previous weapon that they had before, uh, but they kind of utilized Haas at this point and Barber as a combination, which you guys were able to contain both of those uh, players uh, at home when you when you got your uh, comeback victory. So, uh, you know, Haas really impressive uh, this time around. Yeah, I, I think I think Jesse uh, stepped up in in the absence of Grace. Uh, Grace is my favorite player outside of Nevada Storm. Um, she's a, she's a great runner. I think she she works really hard. Um, so for Jesse to come in and and fill her spot, those are big shoes to fill. I I think she did a great job, and I think the season really matured her as a player, you know. And so that to see her from what we saw the first time versus you know, the second time in Minnesota, it was just almost a different player. She she did a really good job that night. Yeah, so it was some of the key uh, moments there. And then you obviously put Marucci at running back, uh, which I guess it's no surprise. She's multi-talented almost everywhere, and she was <laughs> kicking field goals for you. And so, uh, you know, I just it wasn't shocking anymore because we know that she's that talented. Um, the reason to put Marucci at, at quarterback, she got that touchdown to put – to kind of get you in the game, back in the game, thirteen to ten, I believe was the score at that point. Yeah, she she is a she is a beauty. She is a, a very talented, um, very very talented athlete. Um, she's very smart. Um, she understands concepts and schemes. Um, we were absolutely lucky to have her on our team, and um, we wanted to utilize her, utilize her, um, use our speed against the Minnesota. Um, that's that's where we find success is in our speed. Um, we, we we may not be as big as other teams, but we're fast, you know. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of times we we definitely get called out for being aggressive, and it's it's just we, we like playing football fast. And Ombra just fit right into our scheme. Um, she she just opened up the playbook a little bit for us this year, and you know we were lucky to have her. Coach, on the other side, uh, Plummer did return. Uh, there was a little situation there during the game where we we, we thought it was an injury at, at that point. Um, so what can you say about Plummer? Pretty decent game as well uh, for most of the game. I, I think uh, w- when it's showtime, it's showtime, and Jasmine Plummer showed up um, for us 
she was she had a great she had a great game. She'd see the holes. She'd hit it hard. No hesitations. Um, she ran her heart out. Um, she she's done everything possible physically to make sure that she moves that football and and her sacrificing her body the way she does is, is just you, you can't thank her enough. Um, as a player, she she just keeps developing year after year. And, and this year, she was plagued by you know an early season injury. Um, which which kept her from performing, you know, to the tier that we still believe she can she can perform. Um, I still believe that she's got a lot left in her. Um, she I think this game just left her hungry, and uh, she wants more for herself. So we'll we'll see <laughs> we'll see how she reacts this this off season and uh, and uh, what what kind of uh, what kind of character that builds for her um, with, with what happened this this year. Now, the combination of uh, Felker and uh, Colangelo last game against Minnesota worked really well. So what was the game plan going in offensively this time around uh, since she did have Plummer back? Was it just a focus to put Jasmine back in, in terms of a focus offensively? You know, um, Jasmine, cause, because of her injury, you know, um, I, I, we didn't want to use her as, as what we call a feature person, but we wanted to spread the ball out a little bit and make sure that um, our team speed was actually a factor in the backfield this this uh, past game. Um, I know Coach Adam was was really scheming up formations and and uh, RPOs this this game, and uh, we were fortunate enough to get a couple of those off. And um, we were hoping to open up our our passing playbook just a little bit more um, as well. Um, you know, when Coach Adam started scheming about. Oh, I'd say about two thirds of the of our practice is going to be about those changes on offense. We we absolutely believe in our ladies, and uh, against Minnesota, we just wanted to put our best opponent or our best against our best. Defensively, coach, uh, what do you say about your front line? It did hold them to the, you know to that amount of uh, what double digits only. So it was a really competitive game. I mean, it could have gotten out of hand technically, especially with Minnesota with their air game. But uh, you did have some success there in terms of holding them down for a couple quarters. Um, uh, besides the, I believe the twenty to ten when they start running running away a little bit. Yeah, um, you know we held strong. Our defense is is amazing. Um, we we've got some good coaches on our staff for defense, and and week after week, if it's not working, we toss it out. We we go back to the chalkboard. Let's fix it. Um, this year we we were more. Um, more creative with our defense. Um, we added little splices in that, that allowed us to, to tweak our coverage to, to any situation that we can now. Um, the ladies worked well with the change. Uh, we're still improving on it. Um, you know, for, we, we came a long way from losing our quarterback in the, in the Minnesota's game, um, Andy Jackson, which was a crucial part of our defense. Um, she was our run stop corner, and and she, you know, blew out both of her knees on, on during that Minnesota game. So it was it was a tough loss. We we tried to fill that spot. Um, we found we we tried a couple other players. Um, we found our 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 backup in in Madison Birdie, and from there, um, she filled in a good role. You know, we we knew that our our secondary was the weak spot in our defense, and uh, we we've been working on improving it as much as we could. So that 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 in tune just helps our 
defensive line, you know, really puts a pressure on the quarterbacks and, and really create those um, coverage sacks that we really look for every game. How is she doing right now? Is she uh, recovering, or how did that how did that come about? Was this just a couple plays, just bad angles, or? Uh, you know, she she landed in an awkward position when she went up for a football. Um, you know, it, and it was a uh, it was devastating for all of us. Uh, she's yeah. she's rebuilding um, well right now. Uh, she's up and walking with her, with a walker. She's she's she'll be fine. Um, she's ready to get back in the gym and, and start working out again. I, I know that for sure. Um, but yeah, she she's just a great athlete. Um, she was a little cross player. Um, turn football player and I, I think it's more of a we, we've kind of volunteered her she's going to do it so um, hats off to Andy because she is definitely a special player that we're going to miss yeah I mean that's just an unfortunate situation for that to happen and hopefully she you know she'll pull through here and uh, you know get the rehab of the off season got the whole off season to kind of rehab as well so you know uh, prayers to her and uh, giving her support there um, coach this was just a battle. Uh, everybody was watching it on Town Square TV. You get the replay right there at the hub and get everything going there. Um, this is just a, a nice uh, season ending, I guess, if you want to call it a season ending loss. But it was a very competitive football game uh, for, like, the three, three quarters or so before uh, they pull away, you know, for the 27 uh, points out there. Um, what do you anticipate here uh, Minnesota? They're moving on. Uh, they're taking on Cali. So interesting, uh, interesting battle here. Uh, Cali did take down Arlington. Everybody thought Arlington was going to come in and uh, play a better game, but uh, you know, uh, Nino Wiggins back at the helm and uh, Jackie Robinson uh, get it done. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, huh? I think it is. Uh, they're two good teams. I, I really think that uh, uh, if I could choose which one, I would pr- make a prediction. Um, you know, I'd have to say Minnesota. And the reason I'm saying that is, you know, and like I said, a backseat coach last year with us, you know, proved me wrong. Um, Cali War just does not travel well. And, um, you know, they, it, it's just a history of them not traveling well. And, and it, it, kind of, it kind of rocks things. And it rocked a lot of things this year for us. So um, I think Minnesota has a great opportunity. Um, Cali is a tough team. So you, you don't want to put it past them either because they, they're really talented. They've got a lot of they got a cast of great coaches on their on their sidelines. Um, you know they they just you know when when it's time to go to game they show up. You know um, Minnesota I, I think to win the ball game they, they've got to be able to stop that penetrating defense and um, make sure that their their players are um, know that they're matching up with some of the best players in the country. Um, I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I, I think Minnesota will pull it out. In the end, just a, a little bit over the end. I'm not. I'm not calling it a blowout or anything like that. Sure, no, of course not. That's not probably not even the ideal thing. Um, coach, uh, what do you? Th- what did you tell your players here? End uh, end of the road for the 2022 season. Uh, you guys were not even expected to make the playoffs. New team in the in the new pro division, right? High expectations for you guys to re- to repeat or even face up against Boston. Uh, but you know, you guys. Uh, did face the runner-up of last year, so that's an that's an impressive finish. In other words, I, I thank you. Um, I, I think the uh, the one thing that I know the ladies don't you know want to put out there, um, if they could talk about this, um, we're we're not a fluke. We we are not a fluke team. You know we're here to stay. 
um, we, we're going to recruit heavily this year um, and make sure that those recruits are, are there going to be to add value to the team, just like just like Ombra did for us, you know. Um, but the one thing is, I, I could say, is that we're not a fluke, and uh, we we earned everything that we got this year. Uh, the three-peat was never in our mouths. We, we we wanted to win game by game, and we focused on every game. Um, all of our pride's out the window. We we just want to we just want to play football, and uh, be a good organization for for a, a good a good league. Congratulations on a great season um, and, a, and a very competitive matchup against Minnesota. And like I said, you guys can watch it. The replay right there, Coach Garza's a Nevada Storm against the Minnesota uh, Vixen right there on Town Square TV. Um, it's going to be a great uh, clash with Minnesota against Cali. Uh, Coach, the other side, before I let you go, man, it just it, when, will, when will Boston go down and can the passion really do the job? That's the big question this weekend. It's going to be tough. Coach yeah. Johnson and company, they, they bring it, and it's tough for them to, I don't know, it's, it's scary, that's all I'm saying. Uh, I'll say this, though. I, I will say this. Pitch was my pick before the season started. I thought we if it was if we we're playing in Canton, it was going to be against Pittsburgh. So, go Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it, what an impressive rebound season for them too, Coach. Uh, they're coming off of like a, a you know two two year hiatus and a young quarterback at the helm, and just just an interesting matchup. Uh, they've faced them in season already, and they know what they're all about. So, uh, can oh, yeah. they you know compete at that renegade level is the other question. But uh, should be interesting ball a ball game, right, Coach? I, I think so. I think so. I think if the if they've got the right knowledgeable coaches, they could do it. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is a pretty big team, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually a fan of Pittsburgh right now. So um, I think, like like I said, I think it was going to be Pittsburgh all the way from the beginning. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting on the East uh, Boston versus Pittsburgh. Then we got Minnesota, Cali. Coach Garza, thank you again yes. for making the time. Really appreciated. Uh, uh, good. Uh, finish to the season against a runner-up tough competition there as well but uh, overall you made the playoffs that was the goal and uh, looking forward to Nevada 2023 and how they will impact in the pro division thank you Oscar thank you for having me you're you're doing an awesome job with this with this league and for this league so I I really appreciate all the work you put in thank you appreciate it coach Uh, have a great night enjoy the offseason look uh, we'll keep tabs and looking forward to that uh, new season next year and uh, what the uh, roster is going to look like. I'm kind of interested to see how you, your recruitment works out. You'll, you'll be the first to know for sure. <laughs> awesome, Coach. Thank you very much. Uh, have a great off offseason. Uh, looking forward to the next year and uh, enjoy your weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Oscar. All right, guys. Uh, C- uh, Coach Chris Garza of the Nevada Storm. Uh, what an awesome season for them. Uh, pro division. They make the playoffs, go up against the runner-up, which is the Minnesota Vixen, put up a good, decent fight up there on the road in a tough environment in Vixen land there uh, against uh, Aaron Kelly and company. And, uh, just so talented, Aaron Kelly. And then uh, just Haas, just a, an amazing amazing game there in terms of the Nevada, uh, Nevada versus uh, Minnesota. Watch it right there on Town Square TV at the hub at facebook.com for us for our beauties. The whole game right there. A WFA 2 is set. Minnesota will be taking on, uh, you know, Cali War on the West Coast. And then we got Boston versus the Pittsburgh Passion. So looking forward to that. We're going to talk a little bit more about this matchup, more in- intensively with the backseat coach, Mark Simone, here in about a half hour as 
we get ready uh, for round two of the WFA playoffs. We're also going to get ready for the WNFC nine cup. And we're going to dive into the conference semifinals. All right, guys, don't forget, go to Monkey Night Fight, use the code NJF, get started, $5 free play. You can play NBA right now. You got Celtics, Warriors, Curry, Brown. If you get a bet right, like uh, last night, I didn't get my bet right. I thought uh, Curry was going to have at least three three pointers during that game and Turned out he did not, so I did lose some money in terms of $5, but not a big deal. Uh, could have made $15, so check it out. Use our code NJF, get your $5 free play. And if you're a better uh, prop guy than I am in terms of the more or less prop, you make some money right there on Monkey Knife Fight. Use the code NJF to get started. All right, we're going to go into the third Monkey Knife Fight of this uh, extravaganza, episode 429, Gridiron Blitz. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Uh, we're going to talk to the talented uh, quarterback that was supposed to be for the KC Force, and that would be Ashley McCowan in a second. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, let's bring in the talented QB, Ashley McCown, of former KC Force X-League QB. Ashley, uh, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. How, uh, we have a, a following for the X-League, and there was a lot of fans following you as well for the anticipation of this debut for you. And then um, I have a, a couple fans that I'm on a couple LFL groups, right, on Facebook, and they send me your video of your uh, post on the Facebook post explaining the reasoning why uh, somehow you were not at the game. And we have the Atlanta uh, Empire, um, you know, as the KC Force taking on the Chicago Blitz, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, disappointing for sure. Uh, not not quite the the season that me or any of my teammates were uh, hoping for, but on to better things, I guess. Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about this whole transition for you? You go uh, go hard, right? You're committed to this whole thing. Uh, the league, I obviously had to put a hold on it because of COVID, and all of a sudden uh, we have a new season coming up, the anticipation for the debut of this brand-new brand and everything else. Take us through the, you know, how you got onto the force first, and then the transition between that, you know, not going to play a season and all of a sudden we are going to play a season and getting ready for that next season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a long haul. So, uh, basically, the X League brought in the KC Force right before COVID hit. Um, so, obviously, season one did not happen because of, um, you know, the announcement of COVID and the lockdown. So, there went season one. Season two was basically a replica of just that. And then here is now see what it, what would be season three. Um, so, yep, we are fully committed. Um, I I really wanted to play football for KC um, because I played college basketball myself. I'm naturally competitive. I hadn't played a uh, competitive uh, sport in about six seven years, and I said, shoot, there's a open opportunity to be quarterback. I always loved football, but was never able to you know to have the opportunity to play as a as a girl or a woman. I said, this is my shot. I was naturally um, a leader because of the point guard position that I played in, uh, in college basketball in New York City. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started with me trying out for the Kansas City Force. And then, obviously, the, you know, COVID happened, and uh, first and second season didn't happen. And 
then here is now third season, and we didn't quite have as many girls as what I would have liked uh, from the seasons previously. I feel like girls got burnt out on the on the hopes of having a season, and COVID ruined it. Um, so we had enough girls to play. However, we didn't have as many girls as we would have liked. Um, and then, obviously, the falling out happened when we as a team felt like we did not get the uh, the resources that we needed to um, become a competitive team within the league, you know, as far as equipment goes and that sort of thing. Um, and then, obviously, in that video, you probably heard that, um, you know, Mike shook my hand and said he was going to pay for my flights. That was another factor of, um, you know, why we pulled out. Um, my coaches took a stand for me and my teammates and said, if Ashley's not, you know, QB, then – you know, there is no QB. Uh, so that was kind of the final straw, and we decided to step away as a team. So <laughs> it's been an interesting journey. Ashley, um, that normally doesn't happen, so I'm, I'm not surprised that that arrangement was a promise arrangement. But, I mean, you would think at that point if you're committed to somebody and you're going to give them a shake of the hand that you would be able to come through for it and just not kind of like retract your offer. I mean, if you're if you're not able to play on the team locally, I mean, it would have been easier just to say that, you know, just that you, you, if you're not going to be here locally, you're not going to be on the team, right? Because then you cut your men's and you're off. You don't have to have this false hope that you're going to be, you know, uh, put in the position to lead. I mean, it's happened in the past where some players fly in from other teams to play and, and you know, they get certain amount of practices in, within a week to get ready on the team. So was that the situation with you in terms of, like, from out of state coming into practice with the team or how is that set up was sort of. So I did not, I was, you know, with the season one and two that didn't happen. I had been flying back and forth. Um, so I had spent a lot of money out, out of pocket. So um, for season three, I told myself with an inaugural season, only having two regular season games, you know, that I wasn't going to spend $3,200 plus a month to fly out mm-hmm. weekly for practices. It just didn't financially make sense to me. So um, when Mitch came to a training camp, he asked the coaches, he goes, you know, why, why hasn't Ashley been here or why, you know, and they said, you know, cost of flights right now isn't cheap. And um, that's kind of where we're at. She plans on coming every other week, uh, but, but not every week. And that's when Mitch shook my hand in front of my entire coaching staff and said, don't worry, we got your flights covered. <laughs> well, unfortunately, um, as I said in my video, that, that wasn't the case at all. Um, so kind of retracted that statement, said he was going to reimburse 50%, and then it just never came to fruition. Then he had a you know, sudden change of plans and decided to, uh, you know, he, wanted, he, he thought about bringing an old LFL uh, QBN, which I won't name her name tonight. But uh, so there was conversation of that, and that's when my, you know, head coach took a stand and said, all right, something's not right here. Um, and we, we walked away. Now, Ashley, uh, how was that, you know, that whole setup between the players? I mean, it's not – it doesn't happen often where one team bands together, right? It's just like one player walks off and then the rest of the team still stays. So is that something where you guys just as a group said, hey, this is just not going to be cohesive, you know, we don't want to play if we don't play with each other since we've been training for so long, as an example? I would say that it was cohesive. I mean, the, the, the girls and I and the coaches, we had a, a pretty um, a, a pretty good bond between all of us, and we kind of came together, and there were some, you know, red flags already that we were seeing. Uh, we hadn't signed contracts yet for, for the season and whatnot, and there's, you know, some other things. And 
the coaches kind of stood up and said, we have a bad gut feeling. And I said, and we all kind of joined together and said, yeah, we do too, you know, as us girls and just decided to walk. And I think it was easier at that point for Mitch Martaza to, it was easier from, for him and his position to fly Atlanta's team and play disguises us instead of putting in the time and effort to develop um, a team and give the resources uh, to a team to succeed, you know, in Kansas city as a new team to the league. So that, that's my standpoint on it. Now, uh, Ashley, are you planning to re, you know, come back at some point or what is your stance now? Or is this something where you're done with this situation and maybe do you feel like maybe you're going to play tackle football? I mean, I know there's a team in Kansas city that plays high, high level football, which is the glory in Kansas city. And then, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure there's a couple teams in, in Tampa that are playing tackle women's football. Have you ever thought of doing that instead of the X League? Um, I'm thinking about it. I think, uh, you know, I've officially cut ties with the X League. I just, um, you know, to have, to have my hand shaken and say something that was going to, you know, be promised that just <laughs> was completely wiped off the table, kind of uh, lost mm-hmm. my, my, my trust and my, my hope for the league. So um, as far as my football career I don't know where it's going to leave me. I'm, kind of, I'm open-minded right now. Um, I might play 11 on 11. We have the WFA and the um, WNFC, both two great 11 on 11 women's tackle football leagues uh, that are gaining momentum uh, throughout the country. So I might go that route, but uh, so far I have not um, really ventured much into it. So we'll, we'll see. I have um, a couple girls, you know, the, the, the women's football community is very small in this country and, I do have mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville uh, and the WNFC. They've actually, um, they've actually, a couple girls have messaged me and said, you know, are you interested in Jacksonville? So, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's a good team, Florida. You're talking about the Avengers in Florida, pretty decent yeah. team as well. You have some former players there that were uh, on the LFL, the previous LFL. So uh, there's a lot of players yeah. that have played at that point, seven on seven as well. So probably a good fit for you there and uh, probably less cost too. In a lot of ways, uh, save you some money, especially with this inflation going on, uh, with the gas prices and everything else. Uh, so it works out, I guess, in a in a better light for you. But uh, we did see some of your uh, see your videos, your workouts, and things like that during that time where you're not uh, able to, you know, play a full a full set of games. So um, we do see a promising future for you. So I, I'm assuming, hopefully, we'll see you in the WNFC or. Like you said, the WFA in 2023, that would be awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure one of those teams will take you on on for sure. Um, anything else you want to tell maybe the X-League fans that were anticipating your uh, debut in Kansas City before I let you go? Um, as far as the fan base, I know um... – on behalf of the entire KC team, uh, we're, we're very disappointed and we're, we're sorry we weren't able to show you what we've been practicing for for practically three seasons. Um, but as far as the rest of the X League, you know, I, I wish them the best. If, if their goal is to empower women, uh, you know, I wish them well on that journey. Now, it should be an interesting season. Uh, I know it's a shortened season with only two games. Uh, normally it's like a four to six format, so really interesting to see that. Uh, Ashley, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, just being candid about the situation and obviously given your side of the story and uh, the, the fans of the uh, X-League obviously wanted some sort of clarity and 
who better to get it from than, you know, the voice and the, and, and the actual QB that was supposed to debut for the team. So I'm pretty sure Kansas City fans were disappointed, but we're looking forward to see what the next chapter for you in terms of football looks like, and we'll be following you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great night, okay? Uh, uh, have a great weekend as well. Safe travels. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was uh, Ashley McCullen of the KC Force, former KC Force quarterback that was supposed to be the quarterback of the KC Force. Uh, just didn't work out uh, in that situation, a, a very frustrating situation. Uh, it's happened before in the past. It's not the first time that uh, Mitchell Mortaza has promised something and hasn't come through uh, at this point. And it's given the two-year layoff, uh, it's kind of disappointing that this even happened. I mean, if you don't have a roster that is ready to roll, then why would you give them a false sense of that it's going to happen? I mean, uh, you got to be either strict about it. You, you go to a, a camp or you go to a scouting and you figure out that the roster isn't fully. Why would you even put the team on a schedule and put that on, on a situation where they're, you know, they're going to fail. It's just easier to maybe to retract the team and just say, they're not going to play this season and just go with the revamp schedule at this point. So a lot of question marks in, in terms of, you know, what uh, Mitchell Mortaza does in the background and what uh, he tells certain players and certain things. So, you know, it's, it's been going on for a long time. It's been going on for 10 years. You have lawsuits. You have a lot of things that are in the background from the former LFL. So, you know, as the head of this major league, I know he comes across as this, you know, great visionary and awesome guy in terms of the tweet level access show. But at the bottom line is, you know, if he's not able to, you know, man up and just take care of a player's needs, after he said he would take care of a player's needs, uh, that's just not a great uh, look for him. So hopefully, you know, he's listening and changes his ways and really commits to the players. The players are the, what makes the league itself. So if you're not able to fly in a player from a different area and you think they're talented enough to make an impact on your league, I mean, it would that that just be no question. You fly them in and do that. But if you're going to do that for one person, obviously you got to man up and do it for uh, other players because they're all going to talk. And at some point – the players are going to say, okay, you're, you're, you're pony up for one player, uh, one individual, and all of a sudden you're not going to do it for other players. So it's either you're, you're able to do what you say you're going to do or come out and just say you're not able to do it and that those players have to make a decision on whether it's beneficial for them long-term or not. So uh, let's bring in the backseat coach into the conversation here so, uh, and talk about that. Uh, Mark, uh, this is kind of a you know, disappointing uh, start to the X League. Uh, as we talked to Ashley here concerning the fact that, you know, there was a, commit, a commitment by the, uh, you know, the owner of the league, and all of a sudden he, you know, just kind of like retracts his, <laughs> his commitment. So it's not good, and then you have to revamp the whole team and bring in an extra team from the outside. So you can afford to bring an extra team from the outside, but you couldn't come up and pay this quarterback that was willing to also fly in. Just strange. Yeah, well, I'll I'll start by saying that, you know, um, I don't really follow this particular brand of, of football. You know, I don't put my money or behind it or attention, you know, to it very much. But, you know, when I hear stuff like this, you know, I, it, it kind of um, obviously it's, it's disappointing whenever, um, you know, wh- you know, uh, women's sports like ends up kind of getting the shaft, right? We've got a whole team that, that um, um, had a very disappointing outcome. And just from my perspective, all right, 
you know, as someone who's accustomed to following the WFA and the WNFC, uh, that those are two leagues, okay, that, you know, don't have a lot of big sponsors. They're not moneyed leagues. There aren't big investors. Uh, yet, you know, the teams, you know, in a similar way, the teams are expected to kind of sustain themselves with at least a little bit of help from the league in terms of, um, you know, support. But it, the X League is supposed to have millions and millions of dollars and these big name investors and like all these big names. And they can't even support one football team enough to be ready for opening day game. That's been, you know, basically uh, three years. That's This whole yeah, thing was scheduled pathetic. for months, right? And then you, yeah, you, you're telling me you can't fly it. You can't uh, uh, pony up as a, as a lead. You can't pony up a flight ticket from Tampa to Kansas city for a player to show up on your debut environment. Uh, I I think it just looks bad on Mitchell Mortaza ultimately, you know, because he talks a big game uh, in terms of a media stance. He's talking a big game on his podcast, how he's going to grow this league to Mexico and he's going to grow this league. And you can't even come up with a plane ticket for a quarterback that you had been recruiting for almost two years and they were in the fold and they were supposed to debut. I don't know, you know, yeah. how, you know, this is, <laughs> I don't know how more dumb can it be, right? Just either, either say yeah. you can't, I can't do it, Ashley. I cannot play your, I cannot pay your flying ticket, right? That would have been like the better answer than to say, I'm playing your flight ticket. And all of a sudden, you know, you get an email, like she said, and says, well, we can only play half of that. But then you can fly the whole team, probably from Atlanta, play the game <laughs> against Chicago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just a lot of, you know, yeah. it, it just seems ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I, I totally get it. I mean, this is not, this is not new. Uh, I've been following this league for what, 10 years. This is not new. This is what he does. This is what he did in the free previous league. That's why he had lawsuits going on as well. So, you know, if, you know, Mitchell, all I got to say is learn from your mistakes, man. Learn from your mistakes. If you can't commit to something, just say you can't commit, be upfront about it instead of a, sounding off like, you're a big time and you're able to do this and that and, you know, come up with a lot of stuff. So uh, the disappointing thing, Marcus, Ashley put in all this time. And at the end of the day, she wasn't able to showcase her talent, which is sad. Right. I mean, that, that's definitely, um, that's where I'm coming from. You know, that's how I look at it. And it's not just Ashley, but it's a whole team of people, players, coaches, um, you know, just kind of all got sucked down the drain because, of really bad management on, you know, the part of Mitch Mortaza and uh, the X League. It's not a good look. I anticipate some changes here. I know, you know, I, I don't want to put, you know, a, a person in the middle, but between Mr. Gordon and Sam Gordon, if this is how the league, X League is going to start off internally, uh, obviously there's got to be some changes. So hopefully, you know, if Sam's listening or her father's listening, probably not the best uh, arrangement by a CEO of the company to a uh, future quarterback that's supposed to be, you know, bringing you revenue in terms of your league. <laughs> Probably not a good start. So uh, we wish Ashley uh, all the best, Mark. Hopefully uh, we just talked to her. Maybe she'll resurface with the uh, Florida Avengers. 
they you know they can sounds always like use a quarterback she's as well, got a, right? Yeah, sounds like she's got a lot of options. Um, a lot of teams that are interested, and you know why wouldn't they be? Like you know, all all the teams are interested in in getting an athlete who's committed and coachable. And it sounds like Ashley's one of those kinds of people. So we wish uh, Ashley McConnell uh, great luck, and thanks for her to coming in and kind of give us the the uh, you know the breakdown in terms of what happened there uh, for the X League fans that obviously listen to our podcast as well and follow us on our Facebook page. So we'll see if we we'll see if she resurfaces in the WFA or the WNFC. Uh, so it'll be kind of exciting to see when if she ever shows up on a roster there because we're gonna know what she's all about as well. So awesome, awesome. All right, uh, Mark, uh, talk to Coach Wiggins uh, and Coach Garza. One is moving on. The other one is obviously exiting. Uh, Coach Garza, man, that, that, that game against Minnesota, Mark, wasn't, uh, you know, it was tough. But, uh, you know, Minnesota gets the win. Uh, Barber, Haas, and Kelly uh, come through. Yeah, it was um, pretty stuff, uh, tough sledding for the storm and uh, you know I know that it's kind of a disappointing finish but I you know, I think it's very easy to just look back on the on the season and understand uh how how big a successful you know how how successful a season that the storm had cuz you know going back to the beginning of the season I mean the main question was you know can this this the storm have now moved up into the pro division from Division Three just a couple of years ago, can they really compete with pro division teams? Well, the answer is yes. You know, did they make it to the finals? No, that would have been quite remarkable. But they definitely proved that um, they can compete on this level. And I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, next season and seeing how uh, the Storm uh, compete, continue to compete, that is. Hey, interesting matchup right there, as uh, Coach Garza said, uh, 7-7 at the half mark. So it wasn't like they were outplayed or anything like that. Second half, they got away with it, a couple of mistakes there. And then Minnesota did come through and break out. So they get uh, they get 27-10. They fall. You watch it on Town Square TV on the replay there. Uh, Mark, Cali War, uh, we said if Wiggins shows up, it's a different ballgame for the impact. And, and literally that's what it was, uh, Wiggins and Robinson. Uh, the big difference there, and they edge uh, Cali 30 to 25, even though a late comeback by the impact. Yeah, I mean, really, I think of, of um, you know all the games. Um, that this was one of the more uh, interesting ones. Um, and yes, uh, as we said, you know, uh, Wiggins uh, showing up to um, take the reins for the Cali War would be, you know, a big factor. And, you know, I believe it was, but maybe not in the way that we thought it would be. Uh, we didn't see a lot of uh, downfield passing, um, although, you know, the, the passing was part of the, the strategy. But, you know, having Wiggins there also allowed uh, Jamie Robinson to take snaps at running back. And uh, the Cali War actually effectively, they, they pounded that ball. Uh, against uh, the impact and uh, they ran the ball very effectively and you know it it basically helped win them the game uh, they they controlled you know the clock um, I think a lot more than if they had just gone to the passing game a lot 
So that kept the ball out of the impact's hands. Now the impact did have, they did have their chance to win, to win it at the end. And, and they, they fell a little bit short, but um, you know, I think we both believe that this would be a pretty close competitive game. Um, especially, you know, if Wiggins was under center and um, it was a great I, game I think to we watch got what too. we were looking for. It was a great game to What's watch that? too, because it was a great game to watch too, because it was sort of like back and forth in a lot of ways. And then in the late mm-hmm. fourth quarter, as you were saying right there, it was just a last uh, effort that just couldn't punch it through. Right. They just impact could not come back at the end there. The time ran out on them. Uh, you can get yeah, that was, on semi yeah. live the whole game right there at the hub. So it was, it was just a opportunity, right? A missed opportunity mark at the end, right? To your call, uh, just if, if they somehow make it, you know, if they have more time, in other words, they probably would have made able to, I know they were in the red zone from my notes. The last play, I think it was close to the red zone part, but they just ran out of time. Yeah, it, it was, um, it was a turnover on downs, you know, they, they got yep. into a, a fourth down situation and, um, you know, they, they just didn't convert, and um, then the Cali War just needed to sit on the ball, and I think it was over yeah. then. Um, so, I mean, it was a very good game. Uh, certainly one that uh, you like to see in the quarterfinals. And, uh, you know, both teams had a very good season. I, I mean, the impact, even though they're, you know, they're out of the running now, I, you know, they've really come a long way in, in just a few short years. Um, you know, three years ago, you know, we didn't really see that kind of this level of competition. And they've really put together um, a good team there. So um, kudos to them. Now, Mark, uh, you can uh, rewatch the game on Semi-Pro Live uh, on Facebook. We have Facebook. Uh, Mark Pittsburgh. Uh, not an easy win, but they do get the win. We did say Tampa would have to come in to really, you know, put in a good show here. So Shaw and Thompson, uh, they almost get the win, but uh, Pittsburgh pulls it out in overtime uh, on for the fans. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it went all the way to OT. So, so that'll tell you um, what this game was like. I, I feel like both teams uh, played pretty well. And um, it was really a slugfest. And then when he got into overtime, um, you know, Pittsburgh was was able to cross that stripe on a, a pretty nifty, uh, you know, kind of a trick play. Um, but it was it was pretty spectacular. A big win for the Passion. You know, after two years of hiatus um, during the pandemic, the comeback and um, you know, have the season that they've had and then get a playoff win under a uh, rookie quarterback. Um, Really great win for them. And, you know, uh, Tampa Bay, I think, has has shown that they are, they're right there in terms of competition uh, with uh, the other teams in, in the, in the pro set. So, um, you know, the future's looking very good. Um, Now, Mark, um, we talked about Tampa last week about how their schedule might have uh, affected their performance, but it, it, I didn't think it mattered at this point. They played really good uh, on both sides of the ball. They just get edged here. So, uh, you know, shout out to Tampa yep. for coming in and, and really putting their best foot forward. But um, unfortunately, like you said, the talented passion just get that win. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, we can always like look back at the, at the season and say, well, you know, maybe if they'd had stronger competition around them during the regular season, they would have seen some more kind of situations um, that would make them a stronger team. But I agree with you. I, I don't really feel like that was a big factor in this game because it, it just it came down like to overtime, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they they played a great game. Uh, the Inferno did. Now, Mark, uh, your Renegades uh, taking on DC. We know we knew coming in. Um, I knew you knew uh, DC was just not going to be enough to beat Boston. It just is just the natural effect of it, and it wasn't. Uh, they played their hearts out. Congaldi played a pretty decent game. Uh, they did put up 32 points against uh, the Renegades, but you know this is just it's too much. Um, you watch it on Revere TV. Uh, it was just a, one of these games where uh, Boston just ran away with it. Uh, and so, you know, what do you say? I mean, this is it. So if you're Pittsburgh, uh, Mark, uh, the anticipation is here. Is if, you know, you got to get up for this because if you somehow can beat Boston one step to Canton, huge upset. It's like a historic type of upset. So, I mean, that's something that Pittsburgh has to kind of look at that in perspective. And like you said, it's a young quarterback, rookie quarterback. Right. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to uh, think that Pittsburgh, you know, with a rookie quarterback might have a better chance of beating Boston than um, the D.C. Divas do with, with Congialdi, um, just because she is such a great passer. And she did have a big game, and 32 points was the most, you know, any teams put up against Boston this year. Um, but I, I, I kind of feel like maybe overall, um, you know, Pittsburgh has sort of a more well-rounded team, uh, at this point. And, um, you have a, a couple more playmakers on offense, uh, than the divas do. So, um, now I don't know if that really increases their chances of, of winning, um, in some ways, the game plan is probably the same. Like uh, Pittsburgh has got to score early, to so that they you know, they don't want to fall behind early. And the Divas were able to to do that. They you know for a, a quarter and a half they kind of kept pace with with Boston. Well, the thing you got to know is that you know Boston's running backs they're gonna they're gonna get theirs. All right, you know if you got to have the you know you got to have the either the offense to to keep pace with Boston's offense or you got to have the defense to stop them like um yeah. if if you don't yeah. have one of those two like you just you you don't really have you don't really have the stuff it's it, mark it's kind of t- it's kind of like a hard math uh situation <laughs> mathematics when you go into algebra or calculus and you're like okay this is what we're doing on one side and and you have no clue on how to do it or how to fix it or how to like go through the process. And, and against Boston, you really have that, that whole thing going through your head, right? Because offensively, uh, once they get going on a balanced attack, you got Smith, you got Kusinen, you got, it, they're deadly once they get going. And defensively, you know, they're pretty stout too. So if you're Pittsburgh, um, like you said right now, you gotta, you gotta match them score for score just to try to stay at that level. And, 
it's going to be a challenge, I think, for Georgian company to stay at, at a you know competitive scoring level. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to match up, uh, you know, with Boston's offense. You know, I mean, we got Madison and Kusin, uh, Mata and Kusin in, as you say, and we know the damage that they've done all season. Um, uh, in this past game against D.C., um, we saw Stephanie Pasquale come mm-hmm. back into the spotlight a little bit. She, you know, she had an, uh, an injury earlier in the season and was kind of sidelined or, or limited for a few games. Uh, but now, you know, she, she had six touches, uh, scored two touchdowns against D.C. So it looks like now she's back in the mix. And, she, you know, she's very dangerous. That, that's a person that can't be ignored. And, you know, when you got to contend with uh, the likes of Mata and, and Kusinen and then you got to look like this other person, uh, Pasquale, who can line up at fullback, she can be in a set where she's more of a tight end or she can split out wide. Like <laughs> this creates a lot of problems for any defense. And this is the time of the year where, you know, they say offense wins games and defense wins championships. So, you know, your defense has to be on point from, from here on out. This is for every team that's still on the board, you know, including Boston, Boston clearly over the regular season has gotten their offense, like, figured out. And, you know, they're focusing now on defense. Trust me. Like, they're thinking about, you know, they're focusing so much on how to stop the other team's offense. That's that's what it is. So, you know, it's pretty scary to think of when you're the on the other side of the field. Now, if you're on the other side with Pittsburgh in terms of game planning, you're Lisa Horton, you're Teresa Kahn. Uh, you know uh, the offense is is good enough to score at least 70 points on average. That's scary. <laughs> so if you're the Pittsburgh defense, right, you got to come up with something special uh, coming up here because Boston knows this win takes them to Canton, and you know they do not. Uh, they're not. They're not going to just you know not want to go to Canton. This, this is their dream. This is their from week one to week to the last week of the season here. They know they got to show up there. So it is really, truly a big test for Pittsburgh. Oh, you know, absolutely. And I think if you're a strategist on um, on the Pittsburgh staff, you know, you're trying you're trying to in your mind like figure out how many points you think you can score against them, and then try and develop uh, a defensive game plan to to hold Boston to some amount of points underneath that. So um, it. It's probably, you know, either you're having fun because you really love that or you're having fun. I think it's a big pressure for the defense because D.C. couldn't do it. Uh, Venom couldn't do it. I mean, St. Louis couldn't do it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If if you started looking at the game film for the last eight weeks against uh, Boston, it it, it is – if you're coming in here, uh, your defensive team has to play their best football just to maybe keep uh, the Renegades to like 20 points, right? Which is – Man, not 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 attainable. <laughs> that would be the worst. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's pretty hard to imagine that. And it's pretty interesting in the WFA Pro set. There, you know, it, it's hard to find a team that is a defensive juggernaut. I think most of the teams that we've looked at, it's their offenses that have kind of been the the highlight of their season. So, um, 
we've got a lot of offensive minded teams here in the playoffs. Uh, who's going to who's going to rise and be that that defensive juggernaut? Um, you know, I, that remains to be seen. But I think Boston has a pretty good chance of of being that defensive juggernaut. I mean, whoever's defense rises here in the playoffs, you know, is uh, you know has a really great shot of winning it all. Now, uh, Mark. Uh... Do we foresee Boston-Minnesota rematch? And do we foresee Minnesota really wanting to, you know, get this one now? Uh, they don't have Grace Cooper. I don't know if she'll come back at this point. Um, Aaron Kelly's a different quarterback than uh, last year's quarterback. So, uh, I mean, if you're Minnesota, you got to get through Cali. If you get through Cali, man, then you got to get through Boston. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's why they play the games. I mean, in in, in looking yeah. um, out west to that matchup between the Cali War and the, the Minnesota Vixen, you know, this is a matchup that's happened before. And um, but these two teams are very, very different compared to last year. Uh, remarkably yeah. different. Um, now, in terms of Boston, um, I kind of feel like Cali War or you know. Uh, are firing on all cylinders. They might um, um, sh- uh, be more of a challenge for Boston. Um, just offensively, I think their game when um, when uh, Wiggins is, is throwing the ball deep, um, that they can ex- you know exploit Boston's uh, secondary. Um, now Minnesota, I don't you know I don't know if they're throwing the ball in that sort of same way. They really got to kind of get brushed up on the Vixen and and how they've gone about um, with their game plans in the absence of of Grace Cooper. Um, but um, even though I kind of feel like the war might pose a bigger threat to Boston, that does not necessarily mean I think that the war is um, going to beat the Vixen. Um, <laughs> you know, the war has to travel now uh, to Minnesota. So again, Minnesota's in their comfort zone. They got a chip yep. on their shoulder, yep. and, and they got something to prove. So um, it, it, it's de- definitely going to be a hard-fought game. And um, you know, I, I think certain things favor Minnesota in this matchup. Whoever leaves uh, Minnesota with the win, understand <laughs> that it it's going to be your biggest test when you arrive in Canton and that you're going mm-hmm. up against the best of the best, right? And you're going for the upset yep. in Canton. Uh, the only thing you have to take from that is one of my coaches said before, do not arrive and get embarrassed. So that would be uh, for either Cali or Minnesota. <laughs> do That's not right. arrive. That's always the worst it, feeling. Yeah, do not arrive to get embarrassed. All right. Um, Mark, let's uh, breeze through the WFA so we can get to the WNFC here. Um, Derby and Baltimore is the matchup. Uh, we already knew Tri-State wasn't going to be that competitive, but putting up 60 points against Tri-State was impressive. So Baltimore-Derby, yeah. who do we take in this matchup? Um, are we taking the battle-tested Hawks, or are we, uh, you know, are we just, like, disrespecting Derby at this point? You know, I mean, tough. Like, I, I, get, I keep getting surprised by the Nighthawks a little bit. Um, 
and you know, in a sense, it, it's hard for me to gauge um, just how competitive they are. Now, you know, in following the dynamite, you know, they got a number of losses on their record, but you know, their um, strength of schedule is like is <laughs> really tough. All right, and uh, the games they won, you know, they won close games. Uh, with the exception of this one playoff game. So they've been in the trenches um, battling it out with the, some of the stronger teams in all three divisions all season long. I kind of feel like that's going to count for something um, in this game with Baltimore. You know, not that Baltimore has had the easiest schedule. You know, they, they've had some tough games too, two against the Divas. They faced the Wolves. And they face the, you know, the chaos, Um, (laughs) you know, uh, it's kind of a toss up, Uh, you know, I I, I feel like I'm with you with the toss up because I was going through it all week, too. And I'm thinking to myself, who do I take and pencil in? And I can't seem to pencil it in. I can't. So I think it's a coin flip here. Who's going to play the better defense? That's literally what I think it's going to come down to. Who's going to play the better defense? Turnovers. Um, so uh, let's. If I had to go with somebody, I'm going to give the champs credit here. Uh, I think we'll take Derby. Um, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I definitely. I think I give the edge to the Dynamite, um, partly because they've been there before, and that I know. I know that they. I know how hard they play. I, I know yeah. what kind of mentality they have, and um, I think those things. Um, can give them an edge against the Nighthawks who, you know, haven't, it's been a while since I think they've been in, in the, in the, um, in this situation, you know, playing for a chance to go to a national championship. So um, um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it could be a real situational sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know, so it could be a very exciting game. I'm definitely looking forward to this one. The next matchup, we talked to Brian Wiggins here in the interview. Uh, he already gave you the perspective. So Houston, Mahai, uh, I'm going to give Houston the edge here. I think if they get their game going offensively, they might have a, a better outing here. So um, I don't know if you were taking Mahai at this point. This is another one where I, I feel like it could go either way. And, like, you know, situational football might come into play. Because these two teams I just feel are very close now. The Blaze mm-hmm. got the better of the energy earlier in the season. Um, um, but I don't think that necessarily um, means that they have the edge in this one. Um, my gut is telling me Houston energy. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if it goes the other way, I'm not going to be shocked. I think both of these teams uh, want this badly, right, to, to, to arrive in Canton. This is like the Nevada is not in their way anymore. One of the two has to get there. So interesting. Um, W3 to finish up here. Uh, we said Capital City was going to arrive here, and they, uh, they have Carolina. We talked about last week about how uh, you said, you know, they were probably going to have, you know, another heartbreaker for Music City, and it happened. So we got Carolina Cap City here. Um, I just think their momentum is, is brewing and defensively, they've done a pretty good job. So if they can stop Carolina, I'm, I'm giving Cap City the edge here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm with you on that. 
I think that the Carolina Phoenix have had just it, a wonderful season. And, you know, maybe it's not going to end. But even if it does, very impressed with how they've um, uh, played this year. I feel like Capital City um, has a lot of pieces in place. They win tough games. And um, as I said, I think last week, you know, they were my early pick. So I'm just going to stick with them and I'm I'm rolling with them uh, to win this one. All right, Mark, uh, last game, OKC, you, which you get to watch right there, live stream, pardon my French media. I uh, get to watch the blowout, 33-6 against Iowa. Very disappointing. Thought Iowa was going to put a better fight, but it did not happen. Arizona, you called it last week, Mark. You said Arizona would obviously get that win. I didn't anticipate Capital City uh, would not, you know, stay toe-to-toe. 40-8 to just got blown out. So I did pick Capital City and, uh, I mean, Capital Pioneers. They're just not not able to come through. Two disappointing uh, playoff losses for them back-to-back here, so that's not good. Yeah, you know, I I, I think um, their their location um, does not serve them well at this particular point. I think their local competition is just just doesn't give them enough opportunity to, um, you know, improve, you know, and that's that just is what it is, and you know, there's not much you can do with that. You know, it's it's awesome to go undefeated during the regular season, but you know, the second year in a row now they've gotten to the playoffs and uh, just haven't really haven't been able to compete. They also got um, beat pretty badly last year, to my recollection. So yeah. um, they know what the deal is, you know, now if they didn't know it before. And they need, they're going to need to find ways to to continue to improve, uh, even if the competition in their local area um, <laughs> isn't really conducive to that. So we got Arizona OKC, Mark. Uh, this is going to be a great matchup. High, two high-powered offenses, uh, pretty good defenses, keeping everything low. Uh, interesting to see that. Um, I am I'm thinking Arizona really wants to punch it in and get that win that they didn't get last year. So uh, OKC has played really explosive ball. Uh, I want to lean one one way or the other, but uh, I, I think the outcasts, uh, I think they want to get back to Canton. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me as well to lean one way or the other, but I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma City Lady Force. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed to see either of these teams in the final. I think they're both uh, very deserving of, of, you know, representing in uh, the Division Three final. Um, I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take the Lady Force. That'll be awesome. All right, guys, uh, go to wfaprofootball.com. Get ready for the round two uh, action. You'll see it at the hub this weekend. So get ready. Uh, we should have a live stream information on which uh, which teams are going to live stream, and we'll get the links to that for you as well. Uh, make sure you are not uh, linking onto those fake scammer links. So uh, normally we'll post them on our on our posts as the actual valid links for you. So uh, I know I've been blocking all those people all the time, just exhausting. Uh, Anyways, um, it's like a part-time job. Seriously, uh, just ridiculous. Um, Mark, the WNFC, before we get out of here, we got uh, 10 minutes. Uh, Thursday's matchup's interesting. Uh, more interesting, the fact that Utah pulled two upsets of two undefeated teams. 
That is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's that's very notable. That's 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 quite, uh, you know, that's something for the record books. I think, you know, um, and I don't think we've seen in women's football a team with with three losses in the regular season get this deep into the playoffs. Um, now they have a shot at, you know, uh, even making that record bigger um, in the final if they can find a way to defeat the undefeated uh, Texas elite. Mark, San Diego overconfident, you think? Because I think they uh, they thought that this was their moment and this is what they were bred for, and somehow the triple option, the time of control, that was crushing to see. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I think I think if you want to watch any game from this past weekend, that would kind of be uh, the one to watch. It, it was, you know, surprising um, in the sense, certainly in the sense that, you know, Utah didn't just squeak one out, right? They like, you know, they got ahead. They got ahead and they stayed ahead and they controlled the the the, the game. It was um, it was, you know, I don't want to say domination, but they controlled the game. Utah did, and uh, San Diego found themselves in uh, the rare situation where they were kind of ineffective. So. Uh, you know, kudos to the Utah Falcons. You know, I think, you know, certainly they were helped. Their defense has been great all season long, and they rose to the occasion. Uh, Lots of big plays were made. Mark, that defense led by our own Holly Custis. So shout out to Holly Custis for kicking ass in the playoffs, getting the interception, and putting her team and herself to the nine cup. Yeah, it was a a great pick by Holly at at a great time, you know. Um, San Diego was threatened threatening to get into the end zone and, uh, you know, narrow the gap in that game. And, and that was a big play that, that really probably ripped the guts out of the rebellion. Uh, that was, that was a tough one for them to swallow. It was tough. Uh, you could see it on their faces. You can tell Ninji was not happy. Uh, they became one dimensional on offense and Utah and Rick, they just controlled the clock and they just, they did what they did. And, and then defensively, Tella and company, man, they just they stood out. Uh, in the game against Denver, uh, Mark, uh, Briggs almost had a couple catches that would have bro- broken out that game into a different format. Uh, Denver did stay close. But in overtime, uh, you know, they, they also fall. Uh, what a season for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially in the context of, uh, you know, the 2021 season, where Denver, you know, they were on the bubble and they, they didn't make it into the playoffs and, and there was a lot of disappointment and uh, they really wanted to, they knew that they had a better team, I think, than than what they, you know, showed last year. And, and they did. And they did a great job this year all the way around, undefeated in the regular season, just pulling out like very close wins against some very good teams. Um, you know, I could really... You know, it's hard to meet, for me to be any happier for our colleague, uh, Coach Terry Lister. Um, it was a great season for, for Denver. And, uh, yeah, it was a tough loss there at the end. Um, but, again, credit to Utah for doing, you know, just enough 
what they needed to do to to pull that game out. What an impressive victory. Uh, Mark, historic would be to take down Texas in Texas. That is the storyline for the WNFC 9 Cup. What better, what better branding or hype you wanted? This is it. A rematch, a 3-3 three and three team that barely makes the playoff, a 5-2 quarterback that's, that's going to take on a legendary quarterback of Bushman and company, Landry, and everybody else. It is basically a David with Goliath matchup. So if you're the WNFC branding and marketing, uh, this is, this, you got what you wish for. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about how, you know, Utah really needs to, you know, win this one against the Oregon Ravens yep. to get in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And, and now we're – here we are, you know, on the eve of the championship game, and, and Utah is still in it. And, you know, they've been here before. And uh, they have yet to get over on uh, the Spartans – and here they are again with another chance to do it um, and in a remarkable fashion where, you know, just a few weeks ago, you know, I think few people expected them to be here in this situation. Uh, Mark, if you're Rick Rasmussen, you know what the Spartans are all about. So this is going to be a classic. I really think this is going to be a classic because uh, Jenkins and Rasmussen, they know what they're all about. They know each other really well. So this is going to be a classic. I think it's going to be a nice matchup. Can they contain the, uh, the Spartans from, you know, scoring high? Uh, it's going to be up, uh, up to Custis and Tella and everybody else to hold down that, uh, that aspect of it. So uh, interesting to see. On the other side, Mark, on the Eastern Conference, not so much entertaining. And I might have to say it. Let's just be truthful here. Kansas City against uh, Texas, we already knew the outcome, right? It's just the way it was. Atlanta against yep. uh, Alabama, we knew what that was going to be, a dogfight. Uh, more disappointing for me would be that, you know, Atlanta came in with a lot of, you know, bragging and this is it and this is that, and they just they got, they got ousted, 30-10. to 10. They just no offensive firepower. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you go all season, this is your benchmark, and at the end of the day you're disappointed and we're disappointed because we thought they were really going to put up a fight against Texas. Um, yeah, it, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, it's Texas, I mean, Kansas. Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Texas, Mark. <laughs> That's right. It, it's Texas. And, um, you know, I think despite how, you know, competitive, um, teams were, I, I think we all expected Texas to, to be in the final. Now, you know, Atlanta boasted the best, you know, the best rec, uh, defense all season long. Well, again, we also know that they didn't face a team uh, like the Texas Spartans. So, um, you know what, we, we saw what the outcome of that was. Um, uh, unfortunately for the Atlanta Phoenix, you know, uh, definitely one of the best teams that they've had in Atlanta for a really long time. And hopefully they'll continue to, to build on that. Um, but, um, what can we say? It's the, you know, the Texas Elite Spartans, once again, um, going for their third WNFC title. Now, Mark, uh, keys to the game here for the Nine Cup. I really think we're going to dive into it next week on the podcast, kind of break down the matchups, kind of dive into what's happening here. But uh, Utah, no stranger to taking on uh, Texas, uh, Texas Elite, right? Best of the West. 
first matchup right. in, the, in the original nine cup. So uh, this is this should be a good one. Like I said, Rasmussen versus Jenkins, interesting matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Utah is one of the few teams that has, you know, seen uh, and played Texas, you know, uh, many many times now. I, I think what this will be there at least there like what, fifth game, fourth or fifth, I think. Um, and so there's that, there's that knowledge there. You know, and they played them close before. Um, and, you know, as I said before earlier in the podcast, um, you know, defense wins championships. So, you know, the, the Falcons defense has to get to work in very much the same way, you know, in the WFA people have to try and figure out how to slow down Boston's offense you know, the Falcons now have to figure out how to slow down the Spartans offense enough to give them a shot to win. Um, the defense, you know, if the defense isn't there, you know, just forget about it. The only uh, bonus that I've been told from a couple of players and messaging me is uh, uh, Utah remembers their loss in the first inaugural season. And a lot of those players are mm-hmm. on defense. So mm-hmm. uh, you add Holly Custis to the mix uh, as an anchor. Tella as an anchor. Uh, obviously, Holly knows what you know Landry's all about. Knows what Bushman's all about. Uh, so this should be this should be a great matchup. And uh, we want Custis to hoist the trophy. Uh, I'm sorry to you know if you're listening, Texas, but that's what we want. We want the upset. And I think if you're a WNFC fan right now, that is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, uh, some people hate an underdog. Um, sure. But, some, you know, uh, I, I, I think most people definitely, you know, that storyline resonates with people for and for good reason, you know. Um, the, the whole David and Goliath, Goliath thing. Um, and, you know, especially for a team like Utah, who, you know, has been denied a few times by, by this team. Uh, so, you know, it, I, I look, I'm looking forward to it. Some people might feel like, oh, God, it's, it's Utah and Texas again. But, you know, again, these are, these are two different teams than, like, th- you know, two or three years ago. And yep. um, the situation is different. So, you know, maybe the outcome of the game will be different. Um, you know, maybe the tenor of the game will be different. I, I think it will be an exciting game to watch. Looking forward to Nine Cup preview. We'll break down the Nine Cup matchup next weekend. We're also going to uh, kind of recap the round two matchups in the WFA uh, playoffs. So, Mark, interesting uh, weekend coming up for us here. Uh, also, a WWCFL action coming up, the semifinal cross, uh, cross semifinals. So, uh, a lot of football. Stay at, uh, in, in the know at the hub. Thanks again, Mark, for coming in. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Coach Wiggins for coming in here, Coach Garza. Uh, for the talented Ashley McConaughey come, to come in here as well. Uh, looking, looking forward to episode 430, Mark, as we break down the nine cup more thoroughly. Yeah. Have a great night, everybody. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. So catch you here for the next episode. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. 
Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.